Incoming Philippine President Ferdinand Marcos Jr. has said that he will toughen his stand on China. Considering in the West Philippine Sea that there have been these conflicts, we will not allow a single square, and we even make it smaller, a single square millimeter of our uh, of our uh, maritime. Uh, coastal and uh, up to we are 200 kilometers and we have rights to be to be trampled upon. Was the essentially uh, barrier force to prevent a 9-11 in the Philippines. It can't happen now anymore. Obviously the, the Philippines does have about a dozen um, of what some people call the poor man's F-16, which is the uh, F-850 which is essentially an F-16 downgraded, uh, similar to uh, what an F-16 is, but it's made in Korea. Uh, some people say it's actually better in many instances because it uses less fuel, but it can't do as many things as, a, as an F-16 can do, uh, just in the sheer size. It can't mount certain weapons in a certain number. Uh, it can only basically uh, be used primarily for training, is what they say. But anyway, so, so Hillary Clinton was one of those who said, no, you don't need the F-16, and they pushed the Philippines away from it. They could have gotten them at that time. And then we find out, uh, you know, this is this is when the islands, the reclamation from starting. Oh, I say this was in the early uh, 2000s when Hillary was in office. And the thing that shocked a lot of people was, was that stand from, from Mrs. Clinton. Like, no, the Philippines shouldn't get the F-16, you know, and the movement of China bribing American congressional officials, bribing the Democratic Party, pouring money into some Republicans as well uh, via uh, uh, illegal factories that were located uh, in CNMI and other areas uh, is something that a lot of people tend to forget in media, and primarily because a lot of people in media now are on the payroll of China. There is a huge pale of us and your pro uh, Beijing, particularly. Uh, you notice your advertising revenue goes up. You notice your, um, uh, there's ample rewards given, but basically, yeah, there's a lot of money that's being thrown out there by a lot of these uh, groups, especially it increased very much so in the past administration, because this, this is probably the strongest period in Philippine history where the uh, People's Republic of China has more influence than Taiwan in the Philippines, which is something very unique. Anyway, I ramble and I digress, but now let's listen to what current incoming Philippine president, uh, Ferdinand Marcos has to say. was the essentially uh, barrier force to prevent a 9-11 in the Philippines. It can't happen now anymore. Obviously, the, the Philippines does have about a dozen um, of what some people call the poor man's F-16, which is the uh, F-850, which is essentially an F-16 downgraded, uh, similar to uh, what an F-16 is, but it's made in Korea. 
some people say it's actually better in many instances because it uses less fuel, but it can't do as many things as, a, as an F-16 can do, uh, just in the sheer size. It can't mount certain weapons in a certain number. Uh, it can only basically uh, be used primarily for training, is what they say. But anyway, so, so Hillary Clinton was one of those who said, no, you don't need the F-16, they pushed the Philippines away from it. They could have gotten them at that time. And then we find out, uh, you know, this is this is when the islands, the reclamation from starting. Oh, I say this was in the early uh, 2000s when Hillary was in office. And the thing that shocked a lot of people was, was that stand from, from Mrs. Clinton. No, the Philippines shouldn't get the F-16, you know. And the movement of China bribing American congressional officials, bribing the Democratic Party, pouring money into some Republicans as well uh, via uh, uh, illegal factories that were located uh, in CNMI and other areas uh, is something that a lot of people tend to forget in media, and primarily because a lot of people in media now are on the payroll of China. There is a huge payroll of us and your pro uh, Beijing, particularly. Uh, you notice your advertising revenue goes up. You notice your, um, uh, there's ample rewards given, but basically, yeah, there's a lot of money that's being thrown out there by a lot of these uh, groups, especially it, it increased very much so in the past administration, because this, this is probably the strongest period in Philippine history, where the uh, People's Republic of China has more influence than Taiwan in the Philippines, which is something very unique. Anyway, I ramble and I digress, but now let's listen to what current incoming Philippine President uh, Ferdinand Marcos has to say. Well, the uh, in, the, in, in, in terms of sovereignty, there is no wiggle room there. Our sovereignty is sacred. Uh, we will not compromise it in, uh, in any way. We are a sovereign nation uh, with uh, a, a functioning government. Uh, so that, the, that, that we do not need to be told by anyone uh, how to run our own country. So the, that, that, that's essentially sovereignty, self-determined in the Philippines. So again, there is no room for negotiation there. It is sacred and inviolable. So that is my approach to Philippine sovereignty. I have already said this before, uh, considering in the West Philippine Sea that there have been these conflicts. We will not allow a single square, and even make it smaller, a single square millimeter of our, uh, of our uh, maritime uh, coastal and uh, up to we are 200 kilometers, uh, we rights to be, to be trampled upon. It's because basically, uh, I, I started my media work on, on an island in the Philippines called Palawan, and I lived in the city called Puerto Princesa. My mom had a house there, we were living there, she had a small tourist in there for a while that she was running uh, on, on the island, and so we had a lot of interaction with a lot of people, 
and Palawan is a very top tourism destination spot. Not only that, she had a piece of property that was taken over by the Philippine military during the time of former President Marcos. And that piece of property eventually became the gate and entry compound area and uh, administrative compound area, as well as a church and a restaurant that belonged um, uh, to her on her property. Uh, that, that she purchased from another relative uh, out there in, 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 in Palawan. And that became the uh, refugee camp that was known as VRC back in the day. And uh, it actually had a more formal name. VRC stands for Vietnamese Refugee Camp, kind of generic. It also became known as the Philippine First Asylum Camp. And uh, it was because of that that we interacted a lot with State Department people. We interacted a lot with a, with a lot of people because those were the guests at, at my mom's store. And they loved to stay at, at the place she had. And uh, so we dealt with a lot of those people from the State Department, from uh, UNHCR, from the UN, from other groups. And that started my career and path. And uh, they would come in and they would um, uh, discuss a lot of topics with local military types. And a lot of the discussions would be me bringing up breakfast and coffee and whatever. You know, I mean, I was still a college student, but I was also doing a radio show. And I would listen in every now and then when, when they would invite me to. Uh, you know, they'd make me run out and buy a few cases of beer. Uh, and, and a lot of times it was, it was always an interesting time for me. And that's how I got involved in media through that. I also started working with four media companies. And so it was, it was kind of a reverse path. I actually knew more people, um, at the top level of, uh, us and European media when I was in my teens than I do now in my fifties. Uh, because a lot of those people would, you know, fly in and say, hey, Mike, you know, we need, we need our gopher with us. We need somebody who can help us do things. So having developed those contacts over the years in Palawan and in the Philippines and in Southeast Asia and, and across the region with different international agencies, every now and then some of them would throw me a bone and go like, hey, you know the island story you did about uh, China building structures on a reef? Well, guess what? It's going to be island soon. They brought out reclamation equipment, and I won't say what particular person told me that, but it was from a Southeast Asian country, <laughs> not Singapore. No, 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 not Singapore. Uh, but, and, and that's how the information came out. And I did a story on it and eventually it, be- it came out. It, it became true, you know, that, that, uh, this prediction I made, uh, was, was the reality. I was also one of the first journalists to do stories on China's incursion into Mr. Reef. Um, there were, when I always say this very clear to clarify, one of the first, one of the first ones who also did stories on it was a lady by the name of Yasmin Arquiza, did a story on Filipino fishermen who got beaten up by a bunch of Chinese military types, uh, who were constructing the structures on the reef. And I believe the man who was beaten up was a guy by the name, or I don't even know if that name was created, but, um, um, his, his last name was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Romeo Alipustahe. And somewhere in the record of the Philippine Daily Inquirer, that story still exists about how he was beaten up because he was dynamite fishing on the reef. And the Chinese came along and scrapped up his old group and they started slapping them around, you know, thinking whether or not they were some kind of demolition crew that were sent out to blow up their uh, underground structures being built, but, uh, or underwater structures being built. Hey, for all you know, there's underwater structures all throughout that region now, especially uh, underwater waste structures that have been built. And that's a tip that I want to tell people about someday. I will do a story on that soon. But now going back to the point at hand. Yes. So incoming Philippine president Ferdinand uh, Marcos Jr. has decided that he will 
uh, take a tougher stand on the situation with China, and particularly in not giving up, as he puts it, a millimeter of Philippine territory. And let's listen to him say that now. And how do we do this? We strengthen our, well, we are talking when, you know, let's not, uh, let's not uh, uh, traipse around it. We're talking about China. And how do we do that? We talk to China cons consistently um, with a firm voice. And we say that we, eh, hindi naman natin pwedeng girahin. Ang gusto ba natin gawin? Manggigera pa tayo ngayon. Papasok pa tayo sa gera. That's the last thing we need right now. Uh, so, we have to continue to discuss with them the, the conflicting uh, uh, claims that we have with China and that China has with other members of ASEAN. And I think ASEAN is still going to be a very critical part of that discussion, of that uh, uh, but nonetheless, we also have to continue to pursue bilateral uh, contact and communication with China. In fact, this is what I mentioned when I spoke to President Xi. Uh, when uh, he came, he called me to congratulate me on, on winning the election. Uh, I immediately went and I said that we have to continue to, to talk about this. We cannot, con we cannot be allowed to it, we, this cannot be allowed to fester and to become more severe in terms of a, a, a problem between our two countries. Um, so that's why in foreign policy, the Americans now, of course, have a very strong global interest, strategic interest in the region uh, with the rise of China um, and uh, their view that the West Philippine Sea is a critical part of the trade routes which it is, uh, and that's why it's so important. Trade routes uh, uh, for shipping in the region. So we are a small player amongst very large uh, giants uh, in terms of uh, geopolitics. So we have to be, we have to ply our own way. Uh, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I do not uh, subscribe to the old thinking of Cold War, of the Cold War, where we had the spheres of influence, where you were under the Soviet Union or you were under the United States. Um, I think that we have to be just find an independent foreign policy where we are friends with everyone. It's the, it's, it's the only way. We, uh, the, the, um, the closest part of China to my province, Ilocos Norte, is 600 kilometers away. We have, to be, we have to be good neighbors, and we ask them to be good neighbors to us as well. Uh, it, is of mutual, it is of mutual benefit to our countries. Now, the role that the United States is going to play, well, we define that role very simply. It comes from our traditional uh, relationship with the United States, which has been very strong and very advantageous to both of us both the United States and the Philippines over the past 100 or so years. So uh, it is that, that's how we define that. So we must maintain that balance. Uh, uh, I think we are not, I, I don't think we are the only country that's having to do that. And uh, again, 
the partnerships that we make within the region, ASEANs uh, primarily, are going to be are going to be of critical importance when it comes to that. So uh, we have to make those. Uh, you know, uh, as I told the ambassadors when they came, not only economically but geopolitically, as we emerge from the pandemic and the crisis that it brought, uh, we have to form alliances and partnerships because no country can do this, can recover or can change foreign policy on their own. Uh, can, can change the geopolitical, sorry, change the geopolitical situation on their own. And that's why we have to forge partnerships. And those are the partnerships that will keep things stable. And that's my belief and that's my approach. Last lang po yung arbitral ruling. Arbitral ruling. Patuloy po ba natin ito igigit? Ay, hindi na natin. Sa atin na yung arbitral ruling. So we will, of course, we will got, we got, we have a very important, very important ruling in our favor. And we will, we will use it to continue to assert what are to assert our territorial rights it's not a claim it is already our territorial right and that is what the that is what the arbitral ruling can can do to help us um. philippine president uh, ferdinand romaldez marcos with his uh, statement uh, on uh, taking over the uh, uh, position of, of strength that was once held by many other Philippine presidents when it comes to the issues of the South China Sea and ensuring that the Philippines, particularly its uh, claims, natural resources, food production, and other areas should be defended at all costs. And that not one square millimeter of Philippine territory will be uh, given up. Let's listen to a couple of analysts. I think the first one is Professor Bolola, if I'm not mistaken. Bononi, um, I'll get to it within the show notes if I made a mistake. Sorry about the pronunciation. And this is an interview that was conducted by Philippine Television on, on a couple of the analysts and their reactions to the upcoming Philippine President's statement. Yes, there will be a, a lot of continuities in terms on how to uh, approach China. But uh, President-elect uh, Marcos will uh, promote his own brand of uh, dealing with uh, China. So they will open many channels of communication for pragmatic cooperation. They will explore avenues where both countries will cooperate in order to achieve mutual benefits uh, in the West Philippine Sea. Marcos Jr. should uh, play uh, his cards well. Uh, in uh, engaging with uh, China and uh, the United States. His actions must be erudite and uh, strategic at the same time. Uh, we're not um, uh, seeing that it should be a carbon copy of what uh, President Duterte has done so far. We wanted to see um, the, uh, spe uh, the specific um, actions on how to implement the independent uh, foreign policy. I'm Mike in New York, and that's the latest for me for now from here. A little bit of history, a little bit of the past, a little bit of the present, and we're going to be talking about the future. Hey, yeah. Let's go back. Sometimes you got to go back to go back to the future. Yeah. Anyway, for all of you out there, as I record this on Father's Day, have a happy Father's Day. 
those of you who are fathers of countries, of people, of places, of barangays, or of entire villages. Hey, you've been productive. Good work. God bless you. God bless all of us. God bless the Philippines. God bless America. I'm Mike of New York. Mike K. Cohen. Have a great day.